Well, hello, Steeler Nation. I am Matt Williamson, and that game just ended. Coach Tomlin hasn't even been to the podium. I've got all these notes. Tomorrow, I am going to do my best to watch it again. I will definitely watch it again. What am I talking about? And get you some more detailed information, some more detailed thoughts. This is my post-game, late-night, once-again, reaction. A little bit emotional. That end of the game made me a little bit crazy. Lost my mind a little bit there as the Raiders crept back into it. I thought a little bit referee-aided. Hey, I understand that you can't hit quarterbacks hard, but that Minka call and that whole drive was so ref-aided, and I know I'm emotional right now. But overall, really good win for the Steelers. Establish some things. Stuff with you and I talked about all week, about things you needed to see for this football team. For the most part, yeah, much more for them than the most part, came through. It showed the, the the style of play they need to you know need to play to be to winners, and that's making plays on defense, not allowing huge plays on defense, growing on offense. I guess is the best word I can use. And before we get too far, I just want to call out the fans. I mean, I I think it's a big deal to travel like Steeler Nation did to Vegas for this game, and have a real presence. I mean, you're hearing Muth when he catches balls. I think at one point they called a timeout because they were getting a delay game because the Raiders couldn't get the play in, you know, things like that, you know, home field advantage stuff on the road. That stuff means a lot. Plus, (laughs) those of you that went, I'm sure you had a swell time in Sin City this whole weekend. So I'm a little jealous I didn't get to go. Much, Much of my buddies in the media are there. This would have been a great road trip just for partying, fun, see the stadium, bring home a win. But hey, I'm pretty emotionally drained, and you're two and one. The division's very much in striking distance, and we're gonna go through, go through some things as we always do. I mean, let's start with. I often start with the halftime stats just to kind of get a feel for how the game is going. And at the half, the Steelers are averaging five and a half yards per play. Vegas it was five point six. Steelers had nine first downs. Vegas had six. Steelers ran 33 plays. Vegas had 29. But time of possession was 17-13 versus 12-47. That was telling early because I'm going to say this over and over. The Steelers controlled the middle of this game. And that started with eating up clock early. And I think that paid off. I mean, it almost, I mean, the end almost didn't go your way, but controlling the middle of this football game, I thought was really important. So back to the first half, two penalties for 15 yards versus four for 41. And while I'm on the penalty thing, I need to look into this because it sure seems like they're taking a lot of special teams penalties. Is is that 100% true or is that just a feeling thing? I am going to investigate that for sure. But the Steelers had 65 rushing yards in the first half. Vegas had 22, all of them by Josh Jacobs, only running back to get a carry in the first half. And I think through the whole game, he had eight for 22. But was it pretty with the Steelers running game? No, but we saw double teams and some bread and butter runs that I've been begging for in 65 first half rushing yards. And we'll get to the end of you know game stats. We're better than that. 
sacks in the first half. Steelers had two, both by Watt. Vegas had one, half of which is credited to Crosby. We'll get to those two here in a minute. Devontae Adams. I mean, that's the best player on the field tonight. I mean, what a superstar. And I'm sure it's concerning to you guys that he just lit the Steelers up. Seven for 97 and a touchdown in the first half. And I felt like the entire game, they could have thrown them every time and they would have got yardage. Now, is that okay? Of course not. But I think the only receivers on the planet that are better than him right now are Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's truly elite and on a Hall of Fame pace. And Garoppolo understands it and throws to him every time. And frankly, the Steelers' corners are a little questionable. And you play a guy like that, he's going to light you up. And boy, did he ever. More about that later. In the first half, Kenny was 7 of 14, but for 122, threw a touchdown, no interceptions. Pretty much game manager stuff. Jimmy was 12 of 18 for 155, 1-1. Okay, I get it. And some of my notes were, boy, can't cover Adams. This is, again, this first half stuff. Targeted on seven of Garoppolo's first 10 passes. Was stealing. Almost had 100 yards at the half. Now, I mentioned the Steelers' corners. They're slow. Now, I'm not saying you can't win with the guys you have, but Peterson doesn't run great anymore. Wallace never did. You know, pure speed at the cornerback position is not a strength of the Steelers. That's not why they couldn't cover Adams, though. He's a superb route runner that understands man versus zone. His releases are fabulous. Didn't matter if those guys ran four twos. They're not, they're not covering Adams. But it's just a side note. If they draft a corner high next year, I don't want one that was a 4-5-1 guy. You know, they need to add some speed at that position. We'll talk about the offseason later. But big plays on defense. Again, these are halftime notes. As I mentioned, effective with their double teams in the run game. Double teaming at the point of attack, move to the next level. That was much better. The big Warren Sharp conversation was runs out of shotgun versus runs out of, you know, behind center. And I think we discussed this late last week. I love what Warren Sharp does. Tremendous work. But I thought there was a little hole in his analysis last week in that to to be on Canada for throwing too many passes out of shotgun, I thought was unfair because such a high percentage of those came in the second half against the Niners. You're in shotgun, throw, 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 throw. So in the analytics and stats world, that's going to screw you up. So I paid attention to that coming into the game, and there were a lot of runs and out of shotgun. So I think that trend is gone. But very few passes from under center. That needs to change. I think Canada, for the most part, did pretty well tonight. But that tendency has to go away. When they're under center, they rarely throw the ball. And there was 8.33 left in the second quarter. And I'm pretty sure at that point when they were under center, they ran every time and might have even held true all the way through the first half. We'll see. Um, but they definitely ran more from shotgun than the stats told us coming into the game. 
Um, lots to discuss. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to go through the final stats, and then I have a bunch of bullet points just recapping the game, immediate thoughts, initial impressions, as we always do post-game. So the final stats don't quite tell the story because I think the Steelers were the better team. But they had 5.6 yards per play. Vegas had 5.4. Steelers had 17 first down. Vegas had 19. Total plays, 60 to 67 in Vegas' favor. Time of possession was six seconds off. Steelers were slightly over 30 minutes. Vegas slightly under. Penalties, six for the Steelers, seven for Vegas. 45 yards for the Steelers, 60 for Vegas. Not much different. The rushing yards aren't substantially different, 105 to 69, but the Steelers ran the ball better and used it to control the game much better than the Raiders did. Sacks, four for the Steelers, just one for Vegas. Defensive big plays weren't even close. Devontae Adams, though. <laughs> Again, best player in the field tonight. Crosby and Water there as well, but Devontae Adams was an unstoppable force. And if you listen to me on any of the pregame shows, I predicted that. No one seemed to talk about him all week in concussion protocol. You know, is he playing or not? Yeah, he's going to play. No big deal. Oh, big deal. 13 catches for 172 and two touchdowns. 19 targets. I wouldn't have blamed the Raiders if they threw to him 30 times. I mean, they probably would have completed 22 of them. Superstar player that they had no answer for. So, big-time number one receivers has haunted this team for a while. Steelers. And he's about as good as you're going to get. But my radar is up going forward when they play big-time receivers. Ayuk, you know, that proved to be true. Kenny ended up 16 to 28 for 235, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So take a step back. 16 for 28, 235, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Considering the first two games, would all of us take in that? I think the answer is yes. You know, that that that's the kind of stat line we're looking for him right now. You know, I mean, that's good enough. That'll get it done. It's not perfect. It's not Mahomes, but it's good. You know, you can win that way, and they did. Jimmy, on the other hand, 28 of 44. He threw for 324. Great. Most of them to Adams, two touchdowns, but three picks. Three picks. So that's probably the difference in this game. I know the last turnover doesn't really matter. Well, it matters, but it doesn't change the game. The wall is picked with nothing left on the clock. But the Steelers won the turnover battle three to nothing. And they also stopped Vegas on fourth, fourth down on one occasion, which to me counts as a turnover. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind. That's the way this league works. You stop someone on fourth down. Two interceptions for Wallace, one from Peterson. Neither played a perfect game on first blush. And maybe Porter can move past these two sooner than later. But they made plays. Two sacks for Watt. Um, here are my notes, just things I want to throw out there. <sighs> Too many big hits on Pickett. I know he didn't get sacked a lot. I know he's added muscle in the offseason. 
But you just see these shots that he takes, and it's not like Ben. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ben's 6'5 and 250 and withstands these things or pushes people away. Pickett's taking some hits. I still think while he played a good game, he needs to work on hanging in the pocket a little longer. He is still too early to leave the pocket. Because when he does, that's a half a second or so where he's not focused on the routes developing, the defense that's that's given to you. He's dropping his eyes, getting out of there, resetting. And historically, through his short career with the Steelers, those things haven't gone as well when playing in structure. I still think he – I'm not saying it's happy feet. I'm not saying he's he's scared or anything of the sort. Just could hang in the pocket a little longer. And sometimes he did fine. Good protection tonight, I thought. Crosby caused them great problems. He causes everybody great problems. But other than that, I thought their protection was quite good. Tyree Wilson, who's a sixth pick in the draft, he's a ghost. I mean, he's done nothing in his career, did nothing tonight. Speaking of pressure, Jimmy does not like pressure. After you get a couple hits on him, he was less and less comfortable. That's who he is. I always wanted to call out the specialist, Boz. <laughs> Side note, why do we even have kickoffs anymore? I think every kickoff in this game was a touchback. It just feels like start at 25. But Boz was great. Harvin was great. He had one punt that wasn't phenomenal, but all in all, tremendous. He's had two great games in a row. Consistency is what worries me with Harvin, but I think as he grows, that's happening more and more. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Again, I'm recording this right after the game, but I saw a lot of six offensive line sets from the Raiders, something I told you about last week to keep an eye on. It's two weeks in a row. You got a lot of that often to watch side, of course. How about Peterson? I didn't realize this, but I'm not shocked by it. With his interception tonight, he has more interceptions than any active NFL player. He's got 35. He's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, his years in Pittsburgh probably won't remember it as Hall of Fame years, but there's some value in that. That guy's picked off more balls than anyone that's getting a paycheck right now in the league. You don't think that people in the, that locker room know, you know, that, that kind of stuff, or Joey Porter Jr. doesn't catch on to those things. Play action. <laughs> the the touchdown to Fryermuth, I thought was great because this is what I've been calling for. It takes them too long to use play action from a play caller standpoint. And I think there's still a misnomer that you have to run the ball super well to use play action. You don't, but it helps. I mean, I'm on the fence on that whole conversation. But a great drive, finish with that rollout to the left, the Friar Muth touchdown, off play action, after the running game was going. That's what this team needs to do on offense. Easier said than done, but they're getting there. Um, side note, Wallace left for a couple, you know, just a couple plays. And I didn't know if they would put Porter in at the right corner, you know, if Wallace were to fall or if Wallace were to get benched. Well, they did immediately. So I never saw him at camp play right corner. And he came in and, of course, on the first play, Devontae Adams beat him as he beat everybody in the secondary. But I was just curious of that. If Wallace were to get beat or hurt, would Porter be the right corner or would they move Peterson there or King or what? But it was Porter. So, interesting. 
It looked like to me, and I'll look into this much more tomorrow with snap counts and whatnot, that the Steelers played a lot of base defense in this game with just four defensive backs on the field. Not a lot of nickel, not a lot of dime. I will double check, but I'm just going to double check that. Talked about the Minka penalty. I'm sorry. That almost made this, well, it made this game much more interesting than it should be. I understand that he hit a quarterback really hard and came clean unblocked. It's a bad call. I'm sorry. It's just a bad call. Um, I wrote here, were Adams and Crosby the two best players on the field? And Watt. Adams was the best player on the field. But those stars came to shine tonight, which was fun to see, you know, just from a impartial viewer. I mean, it's great to see the best players play great. And Watt, Crosby, and especially Adams, absolutely did that. I think owning the middle of the game was really important for the Steelers, the bulk of the game. Sometimes they'll call it the middle eight, you know, the, the last four minutes in the first uh, half, the last four minutes in the second, or first four minutes in the second. But it was longer than that. And there was a bulk of there, about the middle 20 seemed to, be, you know, belong to the Steelers and it paid dividends in many ways. And then lastly, I would be upset if I was a Raiders fan and that drive late in the game when you're down deep in the Steelers' end, and Josh McDaniels goes for a field goal. I know he went for a field goal before that. There was a penalty. He got a reprieve, was able to move the ball. and But then they're near the goal line at the end, and they kick a field goal. I, I thought that was a gift from the Raiders. So, all right, it's late. Fun game. I'm going to do much more research before we talk again tomorrow. Steelers are 2-1. and one. Sitting in a pretty good spot. I've already started my Texans advanced scouting. They're a little better than you think, especially on offense. But it's obviously a winnable game. I think same with the Ravens the following week. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Over and out. Take care. Are you looking for a trusted property insurance partner to help your business grow and stay resilient? FM Global uses science, data, and research to help you make informed decisions. By working together, FM Global can help you grow your company with confidence and deliver the protection and expertise you need to thrive. We're also here to help you navigate the complex world of ESG. We'll work with you to identify and mitigate risks related to natural disasters and offer solutions that contribute to a more sustainable future. Let's prepare to prosper.